Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Today is a very special day. A good good friend of mine and a good good friend of this church, Pastor John King from Peoria is here. He is an amazing man of God. I love him as a brother in the Lord because he has helped me in some in some difficult situations in my life. It's always nice to be around somebody that's a little bit, maybe just a mile or two further down the road than you, right? Somebody's been around that mountain once or twice in front of you and say, hey, don't step in that. That smells. <laughs> don't step in that. You're going to twist an ankle, spiritually speaking, right? We all need those people in our lives. And this man has been that to me. And he's been that for this church as he sits on the apostolic board and part of Fivefold International. Would you please stand to your feet, put your hands together and welcome our good friend friend, Pastor John King, this morning. Welcome, Pastor John. It's good to have you here. Praise the Lord. Keep the applause going. He's he's a good, good friend. We love you, Pastor John. You too. Praise the Lord. It's so good to be here today and uh, already to sense the presence of God in this place. Um, You know, Pastor Eric was um, in touch this week and said, I've been praying for you. And I said, you know, when I come to Destiny Church, one thing I'm assured of is the presence of God. And how many know if he turns up, we're okay? Amen. And I feel God's presence here today. I want to uh, really encourage you and congratulate you on this new venture uh, into this new building uh, that is coming up. And um, uh, I've been fortunate enough to um, have a little tour of it uh, before you did any work on it. And uh, can't wait to that being open and you're in your own home. And uh, God has done amazing things in this place. I can only imagine what he's got in plan and store for you. And so uh, it's great to join you on that uh, wonderful adventure. Also good to be with my good friend, Pastor Eric. And uh, I love him as a brother. Um, I, I, I don't know what I've done to him to make him say what he said uh, over the years, but um, I know this, I, I cherish your friendship, your relationship, you've spoken to my life so many times, and um, we love you. And we're fortunate enough to have his mother in our church, and uh, she's better looking than he is, and... Um, <laughs> Uh, We love her dearly, a really precious, precious saint. Um, So the presence of the Lord is here. How many know that's more important than the presence of John King? And right now, right now, I want you to be opening your hearts to the Lord. I believe that he has put a word on my heart to share, uh, but you need to open your hearts now. Okay, I pray I can keep your eyes open, all right? Uh, but uh, I, I believe Holy Spirit is in the room and Holy Spirit will do far more than I can do and go beyond my expectations and yours too as you open your hearts to him, amen? Amen. So it's great to join you on this Christmas time and um, uh, I, I want to take you into the scripture this morning uh, to a time when... Uh, A prophet spoke 
700 years before Christ was born. And uh, it's found in the book of Isaiah, and uh, we'll be going there. Um, remarkably, in this book, Isaiah prophesied the birth of Christ, but not only that, he told us about the kind of life that Christ would live. He also prophesied that Christ would die and, uh, and be raised from the dead. And this was all 700 years before that actually happened. And so our scripture this morning, uh, really tying into the Christmas tide, is Isaiah 9. And I want to read you verse 6, which goes right to the heart of Christ coming uh, to earth. And uh, it is one of the most amazing prophecies uh, that's found in the book of Isaiah. So this is how it reads, Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, as I read this, as I was studying this, um, uh, how many find that when you read the scriptures, you get amazed by things that stand out to you that you have read the scriptures so many times but never seen before and never saw it in the light that it's given? And as I read this scripture, it seemed to me that um, the prophet was repeating himself. Uh, he says twice here, uh, a child is born, then he goes on to say a son is given. And, and I wondered why that was so. Why say it twice? Uh, after all, it, it appears to be essentially the same thing. Uh, a child is born, a son is given. But actually, they're not the same. And actually, it is crucial that we understand what the prophet is saying here. Because that first Christmas, 2,000 plus years ago, the child Jesus was born, but the son was pre-existent. You see, it's important for us to understand that the son was not born. He has always been from before the foundation of the earth and in the mind and heart of God. He has always been. He is God the Son given to mankind by God the Father. Uh, he is the pre-existent eternal Son of God given as a gift for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Son was not born, he has always been. The child was born to Mary, and they named him Jesus, but the Son was given by Father God, and it is God's gift to mankind. Now, in this scripture, the prophet talks about four titles that would be given to this son that was coming, this child that was be born, uh, and it is that we are told that he will be this wonderful counselor, he will be the mighty God. So he was saying again, this is God manifest in the flesh. He will be the everlasting father and the prince of peace. And these four titles are essential for us to get our, our minds around. However, uh, I've been put on a time limit this morning. I've been told you've got to be out of here by one o'clock. That, was that what you <laughs> 
So we're just going to look at that first title that was given, Wonderful Counselor. It is filled with meaning. And for some of you today, I believe that God is going to drop something into you that you will leave here different than when you came in. And, and I don't want you to be looking around and saying, I wonder who that was, because it's probably you. And God wants to talk to you. You see, the fact is, a counselor is one who can give advice, who can lead and also can defend someone. Um, and, um, but I, I'm sure with me you will agree that you have to be careful to whom you turn to for counseling. You have to be careful to op- who you open your life up to. You know, the story is told of two down and out guys that were sitting together on a park bench and one of them said to the other, I am a man who never took advice from anybody. And the other looked at him and shook his head and he said, shake my hand, buddy, for I'm the man who followed everybody's advice. You see, we have this um, thing and problem with people is that there are many who will not listen to words of wisdom from anybody They are shut in. They say, you're not going to direct my life. You're not going to speak into my life. You're not going to bring anything that will affect my life. And so they close off all the counseling and wisdom that uh, could be available to them. For others, they are listening to everybody's voice. In fact, I had to say to someone, you know, your problem is this, that you're going around from counselor to counselor to counselor, looking for them to say the words that you want to hear more than the words you need to hear. And and there are many people like that. It is that they listen to everybody until they hear what they want to hear. And it's usually not what they need to hear. Today, we're going to consider listening and following the only one known as the Wonderful Counselor. Now, I have to be careful because I don't want to be offensive this morning and and, and really explain what I'm trying to do. Because what I want to do is to contrast earthly counseling with the wonder of the Divine Counselor. And to look at the difference that there is. Now, I want you to understand that we need earthly counselors. Uh, and if possible, better still, Christian counselors. Uh, I believe in counseling. Uh, I believe in the need of counselors and, uh, and the important role that they play in our lives. Uh, in fact, earthly counselors can be used by God uh, to bring understanding to a direction that God may be wanting to lead us from his word. And they can, by talking to us, help us to apply the word of God to our particular um, situations. So the message today is not to demean or to put down counseling, human counseling, but rather to reveal the superiority of the Savior Jesus, whose counsel is offered to us and is given to us. I compare earthly counseling uh, with worldly counseling in the same way that I would talk to you about fathers, whether they are good fathers or bad fathers, they do not compare to God the Father. And so we can't compare God the Father to anyone else. There's only one. 
who is our father. And in the same way, no counsellor, whether good or bad as far as earthly counsellors are concerned, can match up to the wonderful, wonderful counsellor that is Jesus by the power of Holy Spirit. So let's begin by looking and saying this. An earthly counsellor must ask what you need. The wonderful counselor knows you, your need before you ever open your mouth. Oh, the fact is that he knows everything that there is to know about you. An earthly counselor needs some knowledge about you in order to be able to speak into your life and to give you advice. And so earthly counselors always ask by asking questions or seeking uh, to get to understand the person that they are seeking to help. And so they will discuss where you've been at, what's been happening, what's the situation and the life experience that now causes you to want my counsel. But Christ, the son who is given, needs no introduction to you. He, he knew you before you walked here this morning. He knew you before you made up your mind, I'm going to Destiny Church. He knew you, and the Bible says he knew you from before the foundation of the earth. There is nothing about you that he doesn't know. I don't care who you are, what your background has been, what your life experience has been. He knows everything that there is to know about you. He is the one who is totally aware of your, you from the inside out. He knows you and he knows me completely. Yeah. He knows about your talents and your gifts. He knows about your weaknesses and your temptations. He knows about your sins. There's nothing about you or me that he doesn't know. He knows all about us. And so an earthly counselor may have to ask about our need. The wonderful counselor knows what we need before we ever ask. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 8. He said this, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Oh, isn't that a great promise? Isn't that a great scripture? He knows everything about us. For instance, he knows about our past. He knows everything about our past. Earthly counselors need to assume that we, and presupposes that we have a past, and, and that's the reason where we are. But the Lord knows our past every moment of it. And because he has this wonderful knowledge of our past, and he knows the state of our heart, and he knows what's happened in our past, he knows about your secret sins of the past. He knows about that hidden heartbreak that has happened, that relationship that is messed up or that relationship that messed up years ago. He knows about that upbringing. He knows about that abuse. He knows about the stuff that you have gone through. He knows everything about our past. Oh yeah, he knows about that hurt that came from a past church, bad experience. I hear people say, this church let me down. Can I tell you something? Churches never let you down. People let you down. All right. It's never the church that lets you down. It's people who let you down. 
But the fact is it hurts uh, and he knows about that. He knows about our experiences. He knows everything to know about our past. Not only that, he knows about our present. He knows where we're at right now. You know, sometimes we'll speak to friends and family and we say, you can't imagine what I'm going through right now. But you can't say that to Jesus. He knows about what you're going through right now. He knows those present pressures that you're facing. He knows the results of all that's going on in our world. How many know that our world has changed? And our world, let me tell you this, our world has changed forever. There's no going back. It has changed and now we are having to uh, just get our mindset on living as at this present time. And as we go into the future, it will not be the same. He knows about every minute of your life and where you're at right now. He knows your thoughts at this very moment in time. He has this wonderful, all-knowing, all-knowledge ability to know everything about everyone. At one time, you can't tell him a thing about your life that he doesn't know, even at this very moment. He knows that you're concerned what restaurant you're going to after we're done. He knows that you're thinking about this one who is in the hospital or that one who has passed on and you're carrying that grief. He knows everything that there is to know about you. You can't hide from him a single thing. He knows about your secret sins. He knows how you are tempted and fall. He knows everything that is about you. He knows about our present condition. And not only that, he knows our future. You know, no earthly counselor can boast to be aware of the future of the person that they are counseling. They can have hopes and thoughts about their future, but they can't say exactly what your future can be. But I want to tell you that God knows your future. He knows every plan that he has for you, the scripture says. He says that he has plans for your life. He has purpose for you. You know, the one church that I love that has got the right name is Destiny Church because God knows that you are a person of destiny and he has destiny for your life. I've told you this before. Destiny is not where we are going. Destiny is what we are a part of and what God is doing with us year. Destination is where we're going. We're going to heaven if you know Jesus. And the fact is that destiny is God's plan for you on earth. You say, well, I'm a nobody and a nothing. Well, I want to tell you that God has a plan for nobodies and nothings. You say, well, I'm of no importance. Well, God has plans for those who feel they have no importance. I want to tell you that God has a plan for you that's bigger than your thinking. And your thinking right now is holding back that plan of God for your life. He has destiny for you. He has a plan for your future. He knows where he wants to lead you. Now, as we look on and look again at earthly counselors and this wonderful counselor, uh, we see that earthly counselors, they hope that she or he can help you. The wonderful counselor knows he can help you. He's not coming with any doubt about what he can do in your life. 
You know, every pastor from time to time is called on to counsel people and dealing with difficult issues. Every time I pray and I ask God, I say, God, please, uh, I, I want to give some practical, helpful and biblical advice. Uh, um, but if my counsel is really helpful, is a little bit hit and miss, uh, if it's really taken, is again a bit of hit and miss. Uh, but I want to tell you that you can go to the bank with the counsel that he will give you. This wonderful counselor, he never searches for the right answers. He's always got the right answer. Now, I have to say, we don't often like the right answer. Because we want to hear what we want to hear. Uh, and, uh, but the fact is that his counsel is always right. He always leads in a right direction. You know, uh, there are those who have testified about him in the scripture. Listen to what the apostle Peter said uh, in John chapter 6. It is that he talked to him. And, and, and this is what he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you're the Holy One of God. He caught it. He knew that everything that came out of the mouth of Jesus was right. He had caught it. He knew uh, that the, the words that were coming out uh, were not words that just for this life, but for eternal life. Uh, and, and the fact is that if God has got an eternal life for us, he's going to make sure we get through this life. Amen. The fact is that he says the right thing. It's a great statement that he made. Where can we go for answers in the midst of this present evil world in which we find ourselves? Where can we turn to these days for truth regarding our own sinful hearts and our own walk in this life in which we live? Where can we go? Who can we turn to to get rid of the guilt and to get rid of that insecurity that plagues your life? Uh, the insecurities that hold you back from great adventures for God that he wants to lead you on. Who can we go to that will come and deal with the state of our hearts uh, as often, you know, someone wrote to me uh, last night and, and, uh, and, and said that my feelings are leading my, me astray and I get so taken up um, in what I get taken up in. And I said, you know, your insecurities are more in your mind than they're in God's mind. God's got a greater plan for you than that. And, and the fact is that our own minds will lead us to a place where we're insecure and we're uh, doubtful and where we hold back from following the Lord in the way that he wants us to go. Where do you go to find real love, sacrificial love, and the answer to all these questions is that Jesus is the answer every time. He has the words of eternal life, says Peter. Yeah, and he can handle every situation that we face. Those who know him tell of his love and their, his leadership in their lives. There are many Christians who say, well, I see other people who are led by the Lord and, and um, 
and, and, and they are moving forward and I don't seem to be doing that. And, and I begin to question and say, well, do you talk to this wonderful counselor at all? Or, or do you just come to church? Or, or do you spend time with him? How, how many know no counselor is going to give you any advice if you never turn up to be counseled? I made an agreement with the Lord years ago, and I said, Lord, every morning, the first thing that I'm going to do is to come into your presence. I'm going to read your word, and I'm going to allow you to speak into my life. And that has grown and grown over the years to a considerable amount of time. But you know, when I started, I really meant I was going to do that, and then... I, I would back off, you know, and uh, I'd sleep in or I'd, I'd say, well, I've got a breakfast this morning. I'll have to cut that out. And, you know, uh, and, um, and I was in prayer one day and the Lord spoke to me and he said, you know, yesterday and the day after we were going to meet at this time. And I, I said, yes, Lord. He said, well, I showed up. Where were you? Oh, yeah, he shows up. When it is that you say you want to meet with him and you want to counsel with him, but I, no, I, I try not to be naughty in saying things, but I, I think that some people, they give an, make an appointment and keep an appointment with an earthly counselor more than they keep the appointment with the heavenly counselor. Oh, no, I admitted that, you know, there are people who say, well, there's sometimes when I need somebody with skin on their face. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And we all need mentors and counselors. I'm not putting counselors down. But I, I want to say this. If you put in earthly counsel before heavenly counsel, there's something not right about that. Yeah. And, and, and we need to understand that he's the only one where we will hear the words of eternal life. If you've never, ever asked him to counsel with you, listen to his own words. This is what he said uh, in Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And so Jesus calls us to come to him. He is not saying, hold back, hold back. I haven't got time. No, he's saying, I want you to come. I want you to come to me. He longs to save you if you are not saved. If you are still bound up by your sin, walking in your own direction, slapping God in the face and saying, I don't want you to rule my life. He still comes and he still says, I want you to come to me because I've got the answers. I've got the answers for your life. He longs to save and to lead us. The Bible says that he's the good shepherd. It goes on and says he's the great shepherd. He goes on and says he's the chief shepherd. And Jesus said this, I was reading it in John 10 the other day. He said, my sheep hear my voice. Oh yeah, I'm the chief counselor. My sheep hear my voice. If you want to know if you're a child of God, ask yourself, am I hearing the voice of Jesus? Because his sheep 
hear his voice. He came into the world that first Christmas long ago to reveal to us the love of God and to show us the love of God for the human soul and the desire that God has to really come into your life and into my life. Now, there were those who turned away from his counsel. Uh, You know, again in Isaiah, there's an interesting verse that I want to give to you this morning. Uh, Look what it says in Isaiah 48, verses 17 through 18. It says, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you what is best for you who directs you in the way you should go. If only, if only, if only, if only you had paid attention to my commands. Your peace would have been like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Listen, listen, turning back from the voice of God, turning back from his direction, Turning back from his counsel is now to open your life to disaster. It is now to invite disaster to come into your life when you decide I'm going my way, not God's way. Thank you very much for trying to speak to me. I've decided that I've decided that my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and I'm going to go my way. I'm going to do my thing. You are inviting a disaster into your life. The fact is, if they had only listened to him, if they had only listened to him, he says, you would have found peace like a river and blessings deeper than the waves of the sea. You know, the limit of God's love and his direction and his mercy and his guidance The limit on that is only our own minds. It's never on his side. It's on our side always. He's the only one that can teach you what is best for you and direct you in the ways you should go. Uh, Listen to these words. You may feel, well, I've gone away from God and I've done my own thing, but still God is calling you back. This, these are words that was written by Will Thompson way back in 1880. Now, I know I look old, but I never met Will, all right? But uh, he said this, come home. Come home, you who are weary, come home. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling the weary, come home. And so God, even though you've rejected his voice in the past, you've turned away from his direction, you've wandered in your own ways, you've gone your own place, he still comes this morning, he says, I want you to come home. See, someone here today needs to come to your senses. Like the prodigal, the prodigal son who went his own way and did his own thing and wandered far from home. But there was this waiting father longing, longing for his son to come home. And he's longing today for you, daughter, to come home. 
Oh, oh I, I mean, taking down the shield, taking off the mask, admitting that you need to come back to where you once were. How many know uh, that there are people who remember what it was like when they first got saved, when they first walked with the Lord, but that's not their experience now. And what they've slipped into is religion over relationship. They now have church every week. They go through the motions, but what they've got is religion and they haven't got a relationship with Jesus. Jesus. And he's saying, I want you back in the relationship. I want you to come home. I'm waiting and watching. Now, quickly, because of time, how am I doing you, Pastor Eric? Am I all right? Good, good. Earthly counselors try to give you an appointment that fits them. The wonderful counselor is always available. Hallelujah. Uh, now, don't misunderstand me. God isn't some divine errand boy or some cosmic Santa Claus. Uh, what I'm saying is the Lord doesn't wait for us or make us, I should say, wait to meet with him. He doesn't, he doesn't say, well, you know, I'm busy today. Can you come back Thursday? It is that he says, you can come whenever you like. Do you remember when Simon Peter was sinking and he was going down into the water, having taken his eyes off Jesus? He said, Lord, help me. And immediately the hand of God went forward. The hand of Jesus lifted him up. You know, that gripped me so much that I had to paint a picture of that. And I, I, I sketched it out and painted the picture of that. And, and it just affected me so much in this sense. There's never a moment of day or night that you would call on him and you would find that he's busy and can't come to where you're at. There's never a moment when he is not near and wants to meet you at the point of your need. Lord, save me, said Peter, and he lifted him up. The fact is that you are told to call on him and he will hear your voice. He's not even going to say you'll hear a voice of a receptionist angel. No, 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 and he's not, gonna, he's not saying you'll hear a voice of a recorded message. No, 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 he's saying you call on me and I will answer you. Whew. And the fact is that he's willing and ready to listen at any time. I have found that there are three requests though that he really, really listens for. It is that he looks for the request for salvation, so would you like to be saved from your sins? The Bible says all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. There's no man righteous, no, not one. Would you really like to know God in a personal way? So there is that he's not this big eye in the sky. Do you know, you, we, my mother used to say to me when I was growing up, now you may not be out of my sight but God's eye is upon you. I used to walk around and scared to death. And the amazing thing was, when I did something wrong, I'd get home and she'd say, what have you been up to? And I used to say, that eye in the sky has got me again and told her all about it. <laughs> 
No, 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 not, not in a fearful way. I want to tell you that he knows you in a personal way. You know, for many people, Christmas time is a particularly hard time. A time for loneliness and a time for grief and a time of um, regret that grips people's heart. And for many, there's this deep down longing for home that they can't explain, but there's an emptiness inside that nothing seems to be able to fill. And it is that um, they feel that something is lost, when in fact that emptiness and that feeling from inside is actually the voice of God saying, only I can fill the gap that's missing in your life. I, I'm the only one that can come and meet you and satisfy you uh, and with a satisfaction that is above the satisfaction even of other people around you. I can fill your life and lead you into what really matters. You see, I believe this, that no one finds his or, true, uh, his or her true home until they open their lives to Jesus. No one finds their true home until their lives are surrendered to him. Call on him. The request for salvation. Then there's the request for cleansing. John 1.9 reads like this. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And so here he is, the faithful and the just willing to forgive and to cleanse us from our sins as we confess them to him. Tell him the truth about your life. Don't cover anything up. Tell him the truth about your life. He wants to help you. He wants to forgive. He wants to now come in and cleanse you from the inside out. Some in this service this morning, you followed the Lord for many, many years. Can I ask you, when was the last time you wept before him because of your sins? Oh, and if you say that you're not a sinner, you've sinned, you're a liar. <laughs> and, 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 and it is that many get to this self-righteous place where we say God won't mind. God does mind. He has better things for you than what you get involved in, in your sins. And it breaks the heart of God. And, and the fact is that it's been years for some since you've knelt before him and just wept and said, you know me inside out. He's calling you today to that, to bow before him. You know, one lady came forward to an altar and, um, and, and I, I, I don't want to fool you. I, I was the pastor and I went to her and I said, why do you, why do you come? And, and uh, she said, well, you know, I stretched the truth. So I said, because I'm a little bit, so I said, oh, you're a liar. She said, <laughs> I stretched the truth. I said, yeah, I heard you. You're, you tell lies. I said, don't come before God saying I stretch the truth. Come before him and say, I've got a habit of lying. I've got a habit of, 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 of telling lies because he wants to hear you admit your sin. 
She said, well, I didn't know it was a sin. I said, well, why are you worried about it? And it began to dawn on her. I said, come on. I put my arm around her. Let's kneel here. You tell the Lord. I tell lies. I'm not going to beat about the bush. I want you to know exactly the sin that I have committed. And I watched that lady weep and weep before the Lord. And suddenly the peace of God just fell all over her. And she knew that she was forgiven in that moment. Tell the truth about your sin. You see, the fact is this, Jesus knows the truth about your sin, but he wants to hear it from your mouth. Request for salvation, the request for cleansing, then the request for calm. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, we are told that we're to turn to this wonderful counsel in our hour of trouble. Listen to what it says, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Oh, I love that scripture. See, Christmas time is often a time that's not plagued, uh, is plagued with sadness and peace robbing regret. Jesus, the wonderful counselor, is a wonderful counselor for the lonely heart and the brokenhearted and sad spirits. He gives peace beyond our understanding. He comes and does things that we never expected him to do. He's calling you to his side right now. Now, quickly, last thing about earthly counselors, the great counselor. Earthly counselors charge a fee. The wonderful counselor paid the price with his blood. Hallelujah. And the professional counselor charges a fee for their service. He or she must do this because they've got to live and it's their profession and I understand it. And uh, they have to have an income coming in. I totally agree with that. And I am not again uh, going against counselors. I am telling you, I believe in counseling. Did I tell you that earlier? I believe in counseling. I believe in counselors. In fact, I'm sure this church, if you need a, a professional counselor, they could give you a name of a someone that would really help you if you need it. And we do need those things at some time or another. It's a, it is an admitted fact that we need someone that we can talk to. Um, however, our Lord Jesus offers a service which he can provide and there's no fee necessary. Huh. To receive what he wants to give to you, he says, there's no charge. Listen to Isaiah 55 verses 1 through 3. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come and take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does, not, does you no good? You'll enjoy the finest food. Come to me. And you, with your ears wide open, listen, and you will find life. The hymn writer got it says, in my hand, no price I bring, simply to the cross I cling. I want to tell you, Jesus took your crown of thorns. 
He took your nails in his hands and his feet. He took the punishment for your sins and he paid the price with his blood. Uh, So remember with me that this was a wonderful counselor. You were misled and led astray by a corrupt counselor. If you go back to Genesis, you read of Adam and Eve and they listened to the wrong counselor. And and we all got messed up as a result of that. They disobeyed God. I want to tell you that mankind has listened to that wrong counselor for years. I beg to you today to listen to the wonderful counselor. He is really wanting to meet you at the point of your need. I want to tell you something. This counselor keeps his promise. Amen. You know, I, I was reading a story about a lady last Christmas who rushed into a Dollar General, soon to be called a Dollar 25 General, all right? <laughs> and she picked up a, a um, pack of car- Christmas cards, about 50 cards, and she rushed home. She was in the middle of a rush, and she just opened the cards and signed up about 49 of them and uh, sealed them up and, 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 and put stamps on them and put them in the mailbox and had a, a, a relieved sense about her until about two days after, she noticed the one card that she'd not used, and she opened it up, and, and to her dismay, uh, the writing on the inside of the card says, this card is just to say, a little gift is on its way. (laughs) So now, unknowingly, she'd made 49 promises that (laughs) disappointment was going to grip 49 different families. Hey, listen, when he makes a promise, he keeps a promise. I want to tell you that I'm not talking airy-fairy stuff. You're listening to a 71-year-old man that looks 44. Uh, But I don't like that laugh. But I want to tell you, he's never disappointed me. I have followed him for over 50 years now, and he's never let me down. He is a wonderful counselor. He was promised to us 700 years before he was actually born, but the promise was kept. And he came and he wants to come where you are right now. When I was finishing up getting this message, I um, was saying, Lord, I just want you to confirm what I'm going to share. And um, I, I, I listened to Pandora, all right? Who doesn't know what Pandora is? Everyone knows. You don't. It's a music station where you can get your favorite music playing, right? So anyway, I was listening uh, and I I had just prayed, Lord, confirm. And the first music that came on was actually the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. (laughs) That shows how old I'm listening to that. But I love them. And this is what I heard. First verse, decisions must be made. And now I have a choice. I need your wisdom, Lord. I need to hear your voice. I'm facing challenges. The walls are closing in. I'm crying out to you, my one true faithful friend. Hear my prayer, O Lord. 
I need you in my life. I cry to you, O Lord, please lead me to the light. Show me the way, O Lord, and cleanse me from my sin. I need you. I need you once again. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.